All right, we're live. Okay, so we've been talking about the importance of truth uh, and what truth is to be experienced. And I think this will, all goes as planned, this will be the last week in this topic. So we'll try and close it out today. Uh, and I believe Ron and Jean are teaching next. So they'll have the next section in the book. Um, there were six core parts that we identified as as elements of truth. Uh, those tr parts are self-awareness, humility, vulnerability, compassion, gratitude, and then the concept of giving first. So far we've talked about self-awareness and humility, and we're going to talk about uh, hopefully the last few today, um, being vulnerability, compassion, gratitude, and uh, giving first. So. Next on our list is vulnerability. Um, when you think of the word vulnerability, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind? For me, it was kind of the idea of getting hurt. Um, not so much whatever it was I was getting hurt over. I was just, oh, if I'm vulnerable, then I'm hurt. It's kind of a equal relationship. Trust. Yeah. I'm going to be vulnerable to put it out there. Mm -hmm. I have to trust God that whatever the outcome is, you know, yeah. I'm going to be in my best interest, even though I don't believe it. Yeah, very much. As so. if I'm following his lead in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important factor. Yes, that is very important. Uh, and we kind of talked about that. Yeah. Um, and being sharing the dark stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and being open to trust even someone else besides God. Because yeah. God already knows, right? right. Yeah. So sharing it with someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, getting that breakthrough to mm -hmm. share that dark stuff. Yeah. Okay. I would say unafraid. Unafraid. Okay. Why? Because a lot of times, I mean, we desire to be vulnerable, but a lot of times we are afraid of how people will view us. Afraid or unafraid? Unafraid. unafraid. So we have to be unafraid to be vulnerable. Unafraid of what, like almost what Elaine said, of the outcome, yeah. of what we think is mm -hmm. going to be, how they think they how they're going to react to whatever we're sharing. Think of yeah. us. Or mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How many of us have had somebody share something with us from their past, and have it change our opinion of that person? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean. I can think of lots of people where they say something and I'm like, oh wow, hmm, not gonna, you know, whatever anymore because you got that in your past. Even though the Lord's forgiven them, I should do the same. I'm still kind of doing exactly what I'm afraid of people doing to me, you know. Um, I think that's part of the problem in the world today that when we see people of a different um, culture or We don't take that time out to just say, you know what, there's a reason behind this. You know, yeah. like we get to know this person to find out why are they so angry all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, there's something going on. And then, like you said, when you finally find out that that person may have had a dark past growing up, molested or abused, and 
it's just who they are now, and he never got the help. Yeah. You know? And then, like you said, it turns it around like, oh, okay, now I won't be so hard or critical of that person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you understand them. Yeah, it gives you an understanding. What's that? You don't always see that every game. No, but definitely not. One thing, uh, not shutting the world out, like the whole vulnerability thing. Um, I remember when my grandma passed away, I didn't really want to talk to anyone at all. Mm -hmm. Even my family, I was just kind of like, like they don't get it. I mean, they, they suffered loss too, but in my ignorant mind, they didn't get it. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't lose one of their you know, best friends. Like, my grandma was one of my best friends. You know, I could go to her. My parents got divorced when I was young, and they just, I, I don't think, I never went through that, like, is it my fault thing? Because I always had, like, grandma made it better. Grandma yeah. was there <laughs> to, like, soften the, the, you know, potential child guilt that I could have had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you're mentioning your relationship with your grandmother, the trust you had with her probably allowed you to be vulnerable with her. Yeah. She yeah, was somebody I, that you could be honest and real with. Yeah, and and it, it went without saying, like, I had to... Like I didn't have to put on like a face. Like if I was angry, she she didn't care. She loved me. She you know she mm -hmm. she introduced Jesus to me. She I'll I'll mm -hmm. say this forever. She's the reason I got saved. Mm -hmm. She's she's the one that made sure that you know like all right my um, my dad is her son. So my you know my son and his kids are living with me part time. I'm gonna make sure. Well, we were living with her part time, but my dad was you know had to relocate to her house. And she's like, all right, my, you know, my son and his kids are here. I'm gonna make sure that they know who they are, who they belong to, and you know, the spiritual relationship is just as strong. All the more just because of the, you know, because kids go through trauma. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. My, my absolutely. brother dealt with it differently than I did. Like I found Jesus, he found marijuana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you think Google defines vulnerability as? So, yeah, maybe uh, the glitch. Um, windows, never mind. Um, let's see. Uh, vulnerability: the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. Um, well, I think that's true. That's an aspect of vulnerability. Part of me was saddened by that because they only relate to the, they only talk about the idea of being attacked or harmed. They don't talk at all about the idea of growing your relationship with somebody. Because if you're going to grow that relationship, you have to be vulnerable with that other person. Otherwise, it's only going to go to a certain point. And if you want to take it to the ne that next level, you have to start. Um, sharing yourself you have to start exposing yourself so that you can get to know that person um, so one thing real quick with in talking about vulnerability um, I want to make sure that we clarify the type of situations we are talking about being vulnerable in when we're talking about relationships um, because there are situations where it's not really smart or wise to be vulnerable. Um, if you're in a, if if you're in a situation where you're being physically or emotionally abused, then there's probably a good reason you're not vulnerable with that person. Uh, there are things that need to happen to protect yourself. Um, so 
when we're talking about, for the sake of our conversation today, we're assuming that you're in a relationship with, with, a, with another human being who is generally a good intentioned person. We're not talking about dealing with somebody who's not. Uh, and I want to make sure that we make that clear, um, just to kind of get that dealt with, that none of us expect somebody who's in an abusive relationship to just stand there and take it. Um, that's not that's not biblical. I don't think that's what Christ wants. And that's not the kind of vulnerability we're talking about. Um, we're talking about a vulnerability where you're sharing in your relationship. Um, you want to go over what this is? We already talked about that, kind of. Okay. So, for me, um, being yeah. Uh, yeah, my version of vulnerability growing up um, was based on a song. I don't know how many of you have ever heard the song or heard of the artist Simon and Garfunkel. Um, they sing a song that's called uh, "I Am a Rock, I Am an Island," and that was my that song became kind of my theme. I'm a rock, I'm an island, an island never, or a, a rock never cries, and an island feels no pain. That was, that was kind of my wall. That was what it took for me to just go through my thing. Nothing ever phased Dave, he never got mad, he never had any emotion. Everything was good. Um, but why? But it was, what's that? Why, what got you to that point? What got me to that point was, Honestly, it was probably emotion. There was no physical abuse growing up, but there was certainly emotional abuse growing up. And I was tired of being hurt. I'd open myself up to uh, different people, my father. Um, grandparents. Grandparents, previous girlfriend, whatever. Um, and Dave was always the one getting hurt. Dave was the one getting taken advantage of. Dave was the one being misunderstood. Dave was the one no one would listen to. So Dave said, I, when I heard this song, it was like a light bulb. I'm like, oh, bingo. I'm a rock, I'm an island. Rock feels no pain and an island never cries. That was me. And I had my little wall and everything was good. As long as you didn't get through that wall, life was grand. Um, it's really hard to be in a marriage relationship with that wall. Um, it's hard to be in any relationship with that wall. Um, nobody, for many, many years, nobody really knew Dave. And honestly, I was okay with it. Growing up, I'd spend my time in my room playing with my Legos. Life was good. As long as I was in the room, everything was fine. Um, as an adult, Dave being alone was his best situation. In yeah. Yeah, I think for me. The world 
tells you that you need to be vulnerable, but it doesn't tell you how to be vulnerable. The other thing is it doesn't tell you how to deal with the hurt that is inevitable when you're vulnerable. Um, and it tells you, at least for a man, men don't cry, men are strong, nothing phases them, they can handle anything. That was, you know, the Marlboro man, if you will. That was the image of a man. That was who I needed to be if I was going to be a man. Um, no emotions. Yeah, no emotions. Robot. Yeah, kind of. To your statement, the walls come up, I know for me, the walls come up after I have been vulnerable and I get attacked. I can be vulnerable, but if I get attacked or by me being vulnerable gets you, and sometimes the person that I'm being vulnerable with don't understand that if that come back at me, as far as what I share, it could be in a evil moment or anything, and I get attacked with it, oh, I'm vulnerable with it. I'm not gonna be as easy vulnerable no more. Not with that person. Yeah. Because I just told you that I was hurt by this person. Now we get into a little heated argument mm -hmm. or whatever, and you throw that at me. That's why your daddy did this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not going to come back to you. Definitely a walk And a lot of times, I think today's point of that song, we can make vows within ourselves subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Automatic. When I've been hurt, or you know, I allowed that person to say something about something that affected me emotionally, and I hit it. Then sometimes an inner vow goes up, like, "Hey, said, you know, I'm not going. That person I'm hitting that close to me. I'm not opening up to that degree anymore." And sometimes those things I know with me. It happened at a young age, and I carried it into my relationship with my wife or whoever. Yeah. It's not just a marriage relationship that we carry those things into. It be with my brother, you know, that really cared for me or whatever. So yeah. a lot of times with being in, in, in the definition, even Dave got from Google, it's, it's almost contradicts what the word tells us to do. Yeah. The word tells exactly. us that we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Yes, it does. And a lot of times we won't do that because of being hurt. Yeah. You know, the, the, what I learned through that was what helped me take those things down and change and get rid of that mantra was learning the concept of boundaries. Um, I think it was Joe and Leona did a did a series on who is safe, being a safe person, and what that looks like. Um, and I had to learn who was safe for me. Um, when we dated and when we got married early on, even she didn't know things about me. There were hopes, desires, dreams, all kinds of things that I hid from her because I felt I was going to get ridiculed or made fun of or they would be dismissed or ignored like they were the rest of my life. Why would it be any different? So now I have to deal with 
the idea that she married somebody who she didn't get to really know. And now that she's getting to know that person, maybe there's some things in there that there's going to be a little friction. Um, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but like I said, she's a goodwill person, so it's important for me to work through that stuff together with her um, in a god in a in a godly way in a constructive environment. Um, even with my dad. Things have now. Initially, I set up boundaries. All right, these are the discuss. These are the subjects I'll talk about with him, because I know if I go any deeper than that, he's going to violate that trust, and the whole world will know, or whatever. So, for many years, we would only go to a certain point, and things have changed. Those boundaries have been moved and adjusted. Um, he's certainly grown and matured as well. And I have as well. So there's been some adjusting and uh, changing things there. It's not just blind trust. No. It's setting up those boundaries and knowing what you can do with, with those people. What? St. Corinthians 12. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Sorry. Oops. So what does the Bible say about vulnerability? You want to read it? Uh. Okay. This is Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten. So oftentimes, when I think even in the world when they talk about vulnerability, it's a weakness. If you're vulnerable, you're weak. You're not strong. Um, and the Bible says, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know if you attended service today, but I was thinking about the, what Jason was talking about with the disciples in prison. It didn't slow them down. It didn't change their happiness. They were being vulnerable. People were being one and coming to the coming to Christ, gaining their salvation. They got slapped, they got beaten, they got thrown in jail. The Lord took care of them. It didn't change their attitude. It didn't stop them from being vulnerable. Uh, the next one is Galatians uh, hold on here. six. Galatians six two. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. You know, the beginning of that first verse, bear one another's burdens. Part of being vulnerable is accepting somebody else being vulnerable to you now you can share that burden when i shared some of this stuff with ann for the first time years ago now all of a sudden she was able to help me in dealing with my dad for example and building that relationship into a positive direction now all of a sudden when we were working on each other there was there was vulnerability there and there was strength there because we each had each other's back 
something that wasn't there before. Being vulnerable with somebody opens yourself up to that support that's available from somebody else. Uh, we also have that with the Lord, as the verse says. Um, and Johnny, I don't remember what verse you quoted earlier, but that was exactly right. Um, his strength is the reason we're able to do many of the stuff we do. Unfortunately, like when it's earlier, we prayed about who to be vulnerable to, and it was a, a safe place. I remember back in my other church, my husband was a deacon, and I would have some of the women in the church that would share things with me about their relationships and their marriages. And then one asked me, "How come you never share anything with me?" You know, because her and I got to be close friends. But then yeah. she wondered, "Well, why wasn't I ever sharing anything with her?" Not that my marriage is perfect. But I have to explain to her that because of the role that my husband has as a deacon, I didn't want to put his stuff out there so that they can look at him differently, mm -hmm. you know, because I had that safe place with me. Yeah. And it wasn't, not that I didn't trust him, but I just felt like... Yeah, but it wasn't, that safe place wasn't her. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. But you, but it's important, you, you had that safe place. Right. Whoever it was, you had somebody to go to. To get the support you needed. Yeah. That's deep right there. That's mm -hmm. good. Uh, I think that we've seen that act right up here. I know Jean is good at that. As far as when someone is being vulnerable, she makes sure that they stay on themselves. Mm -hmm. Because you have to protect your mate or whoever else you're in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're being vulnerable, because you want to deal with yours. Yeah. There's a time and place, like you said, Dave, to where, you know, those things, if it's abuse or anything, can be dealt with, you know, in a different form. But I think what Elaine said is, is just so important. Well, you know, it's, it, we were talking about this last night, and I asked, I asked Ann, uh, <laughs> I don't remember your answer all of a sudden, but, um, <laughs> so refresh my memory, but the, when we were dealing with a lot of this stuff, those arguments were heated. Sometimes they went well, sometimes they didn't go so well, and sometimes they got personal and we said things to each other or about each other. Um, depending on what that relationship is, that could have very easily been considered abuse. The difference being... We didn't, ta we didn't attack each other. There was no, there was no personal attack, and you had said uh, you didn't attack my character, yeah. or I didn't attack your character. Most of it was disagreements over how to do things or how to accomplish something or that kind of a thing. Um, but still, those arguments were heated, depending on who that other person is and who that relationship's with. There's an element there where there could be considered abuse in that. Um, that doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. Look at the disciples. They got beat for sharing the gospel. Um, I'm not so sure I'd be willing to get beat to do the same. It's easy to say. <laughs> we live here in America where it's not jail time to go to, to talk about Jesus. Um, in many countries, you take your life in your hands the moment you say you're a Christian. Um, and so. we've, we've talked often in this class about relational, about our emotional needs. 
you're not vulnerable, it's going to be really hard to get your emotional needs met. So the um, well, one of the examples in the book was, and I think this is common for a lot of wives, you know, he should know what I want. Well, have you told him what you want? Well, no, he should know. He's known me long enough. He knows what I want. If you haven't been vulnerable to say what you want, how is he supposed to be able to meet that need? How is your friend supposed to be able to meet that need? You know, you've been good friends with somebody, and it's like, well, we're not close anymore. Why? I don't know. Well, have you shared with her or him what's going on in your life? How can they meet a need? How do we build relationships? So the first serious relationship I ever had, um, I was with this girl for three years. Um, and in that three-year span, three years, a lot of growing, a lot of changing happening in those three years because it was the first, it was uh, probably this second year of college that it started. So a lot of growing happened in that time. Mm -hmm. um, in that three year span, we didn't have a fight. And at the time, oh, that's just because we work so well together. <laughs> the minute something important came up, and that we did have a differing opinion on that we had never discussed before. Fight immediately that led to, actually led to the breaking of um, an engagement that I had with her. Um, we had very different opinions on money management and, and um, financial security and that type of thing. Um, and the minute that was challenged, um, she went one direction, I went another uh, with opinions, and it became so bad that uh, I, I ended up breaking off the engagement because it was obvious that there was a lot more needing to grow there, and it wasn't going to happen in the time that was needed. Oh, it's just three years. <laughs> three years, <laughs> On yeah. both our parts. Yeah. On yeah. both our parts, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was at fault there too for not, but one of the main things um, I sort of laid on the table, uh, laid that card on the table as Jim Levitt would say, um, with Indica, um, when we started our relationship is, if something is bugging us, um, we need to discuss it. Because if we don't, it's going to best us up our way again. Yeah. <laughs> arguing about the toast. Uh, the <laughs> arguing about the toast. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. arguing about toast and jam and not, you know, right. yeah. if we're buying a house or not. <laughs> yeah. How to load the dishwasher. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. so there's a right way and a wrong way. That's all I'm told. Um, let's see. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. So the next element of truth is experiencing compassion. Considerable emphasis has been made in each of the preceding sessions on the importance of compassion. More than facts, logic, reason, caring, empathetic response connects 
parts together in close relationships. Sometimes our role as people who care is to express compassion. So, Do you need compassion when you're vulnerable? Yeah. You certainly need compassion if someone's being vulnerable to you, typically, you know. Not about compassion, but your expectations have to be in the right place. Because even though you're vulnerable, and you have these expectations that I'm going to pour my heart out to him, and I'm expecting him to cry with me, and you know, <laughs> he's engaged with me and sad. Yeah. And then when they respond like, oh, that's okay. nice. Yeah. Are you ready to go now? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, feel oh, better. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's talking about our response to other people. And some of the examples they get as far as com that they give for compassion is, I can see that you're hurting. So to acknowledge what you're seeing in the other person. I don't like to see you hurting. I feel sad seeing you in such a difficult dilemma. Again, bringing in the emotion of how they're feeling to try to meet them where they're at. Um, sometimes it's admitting that you're the one that maybe has caused some of the pain. I genu genuinely regret the part I had in hurting you. Is that easy to do? No. Showing compassion sometimes is being vulnerable yourself. Mm -hmm. I hurt you. Help me understand your pain. That can be a difficult one to ask somebody how you've made them feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably get tired, but Tying back to last week, the discussion about humility. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking about ourselves. We think about the other person. Interesting. They all kind of tie together, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We forget to use the tools that we get here. You know, a lot of we've been coming in these classes like for years and years and years, yeah. but we don't use the tools that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fail to use them. Yeah. yeah. But just with the patient you know. <clears throat> There can be a part of where I don't want you to hurt, you know, like I don't want you to feel that way, and then we're taking it back to us, you know. And usually that's a, a that's actually a blocking. That's blocking our own vulnerability. Yeah. So you have to be very mindful, and that's an area I can struggle in, where somebody could be opening up, and if it then it triggers something within me, it'll cut off that compassion real quick. Yeah. Because that's me putting up a roadblock. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you're getting vulnerable, and I have an implication in it. Maybe, or maybe I just haven't responded well. You know, maybe I'm not the cause of it, but maybe I haven't supported someone well that way. And that can put the, you know, that's compassion is actually like a two-way vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know, you're someone's coming to you with it, and you're responding in that way. But when you think it's about, I don't want you to feel like I don't. Want, that's when you're kind of more reaching over into controlling how somebody else feels. Mm -hmm. And that's not vulnerability. Right? No, it's because not. Vulnerability is choosing to feel unguarded. Mm -hmm. you know? So even if you think of it like, I, for me, I kind of think of that topic as like a really nice, beautiful house and a beautiful landscape garden with like no fence. You know what I mean? And then even think of like taking it another step further where like if you open the windows and open doors so that you can experience all the good things too, like a breeze coming through, you know what I mean, or the smell outside from the garden. The more shutting up and closing you do, you have more control over what's inside, right? 
Um, but ideally, you should be open to those kinds of things. You know, even when you respond, that's something I struggle with. You know, it's like not, I'm getting triggered into a vulnerable spot and I wasn't prepared for it. And then another thing was like when you say you're, you're talking about the expectations, sometimes somebody is opening up to you and you might not quite realize it. You don't get how vulnerable it is for them to say something, mm -hmm. and I've definitely been on the other side of that, where it's like I open up and I say something, but like the person I'm saying it to doesn't get how much I just like actually opened up something, and yeah. it may mm -hmm. be very subtle. So sometimes being direct, I'm I'm feeling afraid to say this, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm I'm all right, I'm a little uncomfortable telling you this, or yes. you know. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. I feel vulnerable right now when I'm going to talk to you about this. At least you present it to the other person with the opportunity to understand that. Because right. I know I've certainly missed times when somebody's told me something and you're just like, eh. Yeah. And then like, you just slap them in the face and you don't realize it. Yeah. You know? and then, yeah. So sometimes just that's part of vulnerable. It is part of it. And I was, it that way. I was thinking of that in relation to what Elaine was saying. Yeah. You know, some of that is. Um, kind of preparing the other person or picking your moment, if you will. Um, that was something that I know we struggled with a lot, and I've struggled in it with my dad as well, where they do. They open up and they share something, and I'm, I'm way off in left field. I'm not in a spot where I can really listen to them, and they're dumping all this stuff, or in my opinion, dumping all this stuff on me, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I go, and now I really hurt that person when I wasn't, didn't, wouldn't normally have done that, but I wasn't in a spot to really receive or to respond correctly. And so what I've learned and what I think we've now do a little bit is, hey, I've got some stuff I really want to share with you. When's a good time for us to sit and talk? Oh, well, let's find a time. We'll go do that. And then now we don't end up with the situation like Elaine was saying, where you share all the stuff and they're just poop, totally off, no big deal. I'm able to respond or she's able to respond to me. Or even with my dad, I've had opportunities to do this with him where we've shared uh, a conversation and I was able to be vulnerable to him and he was able to receive it. Uh, and likewise, back and forth. It doesn't always work, but... Yeah. You know, it is it is helpful to prepare that. Yeah. Um, Did you have to? Yeah, I find it a struggle with applying some wisdom to some of this because a lot of the times when people are being vulnerable when it comes to it's like, okay, is this my time to be slow to speak and quick to listen? But if you don't say anything, sometimes they, oh, you're going to get care or you're not paying attention. But if I say something, it might be the wrong thing, and you're going to be mad about that. Or if I don't say anything that I'm just listening, but no care or no pay attention. Because yeah. I know last week at work I had a situation where this employee just starts crying. I'm like, is this the right time to hug her? Yeah. Figure this one out. And, you know, so it's just kind of hard to know what to do at that point in time. Yeah. Well, you know, I think this, our world, tells us that we should just know what to know how to respond and we don't you know um, and I, I know Ron and Jean have modeled this where they've at you'll ask the other person is it okay if I give you a hug 
are you looking for me to help you or are you just wanting somebody you just want me to listen and and as weird as that sounds to play in my head because i've been in situations like that at work somebody will come up to me and just unload and you're like uh what do i do with that you know do i help them do i are they I show you know compassion. what need do they have yeah <laughs> what do i do and so i'll ask and sometimes they're like well, I just want you to listen to me. Oh, all right, good. I can do that. Yeah, you can ask Or other times questions. they're like, well, I really need your advice. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'll listen for that instead. Because um, sometimes they're looking for advice. Sometimes they just have a deep need at that moment that yeah, they, they might not know. know. Sometimes they may not know. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it shows you're engaged, which I think is what you were kind of hinting at. How do I show this person that? I care. I care, and yet at the same time, not fend or step on their toes or ignore, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could be praying in that moment while they're speaking and say, okay, Lord, how do you want me to respond or do you want me to respond? You know, because it may be a situation where you just need to be quiet and all that person just needs that safe place to just let it go. Like I tell my prayer partner, I'm trying to look. Already done wrong. Already You need but, to be emotionally cared for. Right. So if that person starts throwing scriptures at me, I'm like, oh, yeah. you're wrong, you know. But, <laughs> but you, I was, again, in the service this morning, that was one of the things I was struck about what Jason was sharing when he uh, shared that dialogue about the car, the guy in the car that he saw reading that the Lord was prompting him to go talk to. And he's having this little conversation with, all right, Lord, nah, off he went. And then, okay, Lord, I'm going back. I'll, see, I'll do, finally do what you're asking me to do. Um, but like you said, when you're in those situations, that's not a natural response for me to say, okay, Lord, how am I supposed to, you know, I don't have, I struggle with that relationship with my Lord where I'm comfortable enough in my thought life to, to be thinking in the moment, all right, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this person? Uh, am I listening to your response? How are you prompting me to lead? Uh, that's that's a difficult thing. I know I struggle with it. I think maybe we should check our motives. If we feel like we want to share and we're we'll vulnerable, and why do I want to share this with him? You know, ask myself that. Where, where is my expectations out of Renee when I share with her? You know, is it that because I know she's going to listen? Or is it, I don't even care how Renee responds, she just has to be available. I just need somebody to dump this on right now, you know, yeah. whether she's listening or not. So what is my expectation of Renee when I get ready to share this with her? And like you said, be upfront with her and know, hey, hey, I'm going through something right now. And I want to share this with you because I trust you, I respect you as a woman of God. 
and I want you to hear this out. And that, that puts her in a better place and probably to receive it. You know, once she knows my motive of why my parents are working. Yeah. That would be nice if everybody did that when they came up to you. <laughs> this is what I need. <laughs> but honestly, when... They don't. They don't, right. I mean, people come to you, honestly, they're looking probably to work through something, right? So they don't necessarily always know what they need when they're coming to you up front. People will tell their hairstylist everything. I've had to learn to put on... Uh, a ministry face of just, uh huh. And then if the Lord prompts me, and only if the Lord prompts me, do I respond. Because, and I've had to really learn to tune into that because sometimes yeah, I can say stuff and just start going off on, on a topic, and they're like, looking at me, and I'm like, oh, I was supposed to shut up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Because in reality, until they ask their opinion, you don't say anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and in the beginning, that was hard for me because I'm, I'm very much uh, feel let me help you kind of guy. Yeah. 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 And if somebody's yeah. dumping on me, I'm like, okay, let me help you. And then, like, yeah. like we, me and Indica went through a situation like that a couple of weeks ago where she was going through some stuff, and instead of asking, okay, are you speaking to be heard or are you speaking to get it fixed? I just sort of went off on, okay, well, this, 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 and it just made the situation worse. And I was like, oh, I did a bad. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we had to have that conversation where, sorry, I hurt your feelings, I misspoke there, but. <laughs> yeah. It's important to get that clarification because you can't assume. We've all, we all know the goofy little saying. I won't bother repeating it. More, even more lately, like even for me, I have been really trying to do like a lot of inner work. And so sometimes when we're doing the inner work on us, um, sometimes we attract people that can dump on us because we're allowing it. And so when we're vulnerable and doing that inner work within us, people around us will tend to draw to us. And I think God is trying to get something out of us that's in us that we can relate to sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know like for me, I've been dealing with a lot of dumping at work and it's more toxic stuff. And I'm saying, Lord, okay, what's going on in me that's yeah. toxic, that's drawing this stuff to me. So sometimes we have to see how we've been codependent, you know, or how we've been allowing this stuff to come into our, mm -hmm. our space because it's some stuff in me that may be toxic that need to come out. So I think when we start doing the work and we, um, start really drawing back to our relationship with God, he'll start revealing those things and start to uproot some stuff so we can know what to receive. And like you were saying earlier, wisdom is the bigger piece of it all, what we're allowing to come in. Using mm -hmm. wisdom when things do come. Yeah. The toxic stuff has to go. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's in us. Yeah, sometimes it is it, us. That's mm -hmm. what the drawing and attracting, you know. Mm -hmm. we got to get that stuff out of us too. Yeah. Talk about these. Sure. Okay. So there are there are many verses that talk about compassion in, in the Bible, but we're going to single out two. Uh, the first one being First Peter three eight. Finally, all of you be like minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. Um, the next one would be Colossians three twelve. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
if you're looking for truth, you need all of those things. And in different percentages at different times. Each individual is going to be different. Yourself, as well as the person you're in relationship with, whether it's a best friend or co-worker or spouse. Um, again, I felt like Jason was kind of reading my notes, but um, when he talked about the disciples and sharing our faith, all of those things are things that the world is looking for. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, love. Those are all things that, that the Bible has and they're things that this, that Jesus has given to us. We can be that truth for somebody else if we live that way and if we're open to it and if we're receptive to it. Um, what? Maybe the only Jesus they ever see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what did he say? What was it? 70% of people have never even been invited to a church? Ever? That, that blows me away. Um, and yet, I look at the guys I work with every day. I have not invited a single one of them to church, ever. They all know I'm a Christian. They all know I go to church. I've mentioned it to them. I've talked about things. Have I ever gone up and said, hey, why don't you come to church on Sunday? You're off. Let's go. I know, right? You got cards to give him this week, honey. That's exactly right. And grab a few more on my way out the door. He did. Yeah. That's exactly right. And they're not saying no to me, ultimately. So. Well, and when we think about possibly being the only face of Jesus that some people see. You can pray and ask God, you know, give me a specific time that that I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that opportunity. Yeah. And it could be where someone comes up to you and just starts busy, and then the doors Mm -hmm. open. Where do you get your source of strength when you're going through situations like this? And that person may say, I don't know. And you can say, What about God? What about church? Exactly. I think it's weird ability to attract strange people. When I say strange, I don't mean like outcasts or I mean I don't know, maybe to themselves they they don't feel like they fit in, but people tend to share with me things that they're not comfortable with. Like they couldn't tell their mom. They just kinda like, Hey, I trust Johnny, you know, he's pretty open minded and having that like I, I, I don't feel like I'm someone that I don't feel like a therapist. I don't feel like I'm qualified to bear those kind of burdens most of the time. But then, then I look at it and I'm like, wow, God really put them in my path. And he had like billions of other people on the planet, but they came to me. And I just happen to have the words of life. You know, it's, yeah. it's wild. When you're open to it, it's amazing what, the Lord, what the Lord what the Lord will bring to your path. I've I've met and that you know some of them have been they've been Christian they've been non-Christian like I had a conversation with this girl she she was going through this abusive relationship she um, suicidal depression atheist um, and it was just because I was so open with her and so like yeah you can talk to me about this she 
I don't know if she'll ever step foot in the church, but at least she'll understand that not all Christians are closed-minded. Right. You know, bigots and whatever, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. her preconceived thing was before meeting me. Yeah. At least I gave her the authenticity that Jesus wanted me to. Yeah. That's it. One statement. When you talk about compassion, I think she said something. I think about allowing someone to be relieved. Mm-hmm. When I can show compassion, I'm allowing that person to really be relieved of something. Yeah. Many, in many cases. And yeah. Like a lot of times it's not yeah. a solution. Sometimes we as human custody, as men, you know, we, we, we want to fix it. But when I, I've learned to just be a ear at times and just show that compassion, because when you think of compassion, you think of positive. Yeah. It's positive. And a lot of times, I mean, even with the Lord showing compassion toward us, yeah. Yeah. He didn't say anything, He gave, He did it, He, 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 he displayed it. And I think when when we show compassion, we allow a person to really release and be relieved of, of, of things. Think of it always as something positive. Yeah. One of the key verses that always kind of stuck in my mind is, uh, they will know us by our love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, your kindness led us to repentance talking about you know Christ's kindness to die on the cross for us has led us to repentance. And our kindness to the world, showing them our love, will be what leads them to repentance Christ isn't here anymore, the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Yeah. And like Jason was saying, you know, it's not our job to save, it's our job to show. You want to try and squeeze that in? Yeah, because there wasn't much for it. Okay. So the last thing we're going to talk about real quick before we head out uh, is gratitude. Um, Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. And I thought it was uh, an interesting... I don't know. It seemed like a, an interesting attribute, not only to bring out, but also that when you think of truth, people don't seem to be grateful for truth. And yet, we can be grateful for compassion, we can be grateful for kindness, we can be grateful for humility. Um, grateful is, it's more than just saying thank you for making breakfast this morning thank you for going to work today it's 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 a way to live have you have you met people who are not grateful do they seem happy nope they don't glass is half full i used to tease i used to tease my my mother-in-law um for her the glass was not half empty it was shattered on the floor no there was the glass was gone and uh she hasn't really gotten any better about it, but it, it, it's still funny in the sense that she sees things that affect her, and they're not just bad. 
it's the end of the world, life is over, I'm dead next week kind of thing. Um, some of it's real, some of it's not. Most of it was based on her past and her childhood and her upbringing and hurts and pains that she hasn't gone through or gotten over or worked through yet. Um, and I used to see it as kind of a humorous, um, give me a break, it's not that bad, you know, get over yourself kind of a thing. Um, as I've gotten older and matured a little bit, I now see it as sad, and I now have compassion for her, and I now, which is not something I've ever had for her. Um, and I and I feel bad because I want her to see the other side. Um, and it's it's many of us are on Facebook, good, bad, or otherwise. But how many people have seen that silly 30-day gratitude challenge where you make a post for 30 days about something you're grateful for? I've never done it, but I've seen people who have done it. And you watch. And I have never seen anyone get to the full 30 days. But, you know, day one, day one they've got something, day two, day three, you know, a week, week and a half in. And then after that, it just kind of drops off. It's hard to maintain. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I think they just like psyching themselves up or pumping themselves up and they're like, oh, I'm grateful for this, but really they're not. And it's like, um, how to say this? Like if I say something, if I say something, and you want to think, oh, why are you so negative? And it's like, well, I'm not being negative. I'm just probably not saying what it is that you want to hear. So it comes across. More often than not, most likely. Uh, and these all kind of go together because can you truly be a compassionate person if you're not a grateful person? Can you be truthful and not be grateful? No. Think about all the blessings that we've been given. To not be grateful. How does that work with compassion and being vulnerable and being humble? Being humble. It doesn't. I think it's like that that gratefulness it allows the other lights to come Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you can have compassion without it. I mean Yeah, maybe not. I mean, when you, when you think about when I really got, you know, I mean, people always told me that growing up as a young man, you know, God loves you, he's loved you so much, he died. Yeah. But until I really got that, he sent his only son to die for you. Yeah. Until I really got that, until I really got that, I just did the same old thing. Yeah. And if you had nothing else to be when grateful for. When I got grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And received that. It changed my life. Changes everything. Yeah. It's not that the problems and everything went away, no. but it changed the inside of me to the point to where it's like, yeah. it, it's still, even though that's bad, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could be more grateful for that because of those things that 
I know should have took me out of whatever, but because they didn't, and I understand why they didn't, it's only because of his grace. Right. It makes me so grateful to where I can. I think you just said it about your mother. When you were saying that, it's like sometimes I cry to my wife because of that. Because, you know, the sadness that I see that's family members or some of my friends and homies that I grew up with that, that has that experience yet, but it don't make me put this up to them or nothing. You know, it, it makes yeah. me, like you said, sad yeah. and want to get that for them. Yeah. But it also takes me back to where the Bible says such for some of us. Even worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, and that makes me grateful yep. to where compassion came from. <laughs> yeah. Chandra? Yeah, I think um, what Jason said earlier about suffering is like the key point to how it all ties together because suffering is kind of what unites us and makes us understand each other. And if, if we have our daily struggles or obstacles and challenges that we all go through, no matter what we are, we're all kind of raised to the pain that's associated with those things. And that's how we have compassion for each other mm -hmm. because of, of the empathy that we know what that feels like to have loss, to have you know, mm -hmm. um, rejection and all of the grief and uh, disappointment and all of these things, you know, are still defeated by life. And um, and and then when we have that understanding of what that feels like, then we're able to have compassion and understanding for that person. But then we're also there's that vulnerability because if we don't share what we're going through, then how would you ever know that that's what they're going through? And how would you ever be able to relate to that person? Yeah. And so when you have this whole like kind of like symbiotic relationship between all of those, and you're able to feel grateful, then you're able to have compassion. Then you have gratefulness because you know what you were like before with all that suffering and you know what you're like now with Jesus who saved you from that suffering and so it's just like um, I mean how can you not feel grateful for you know Jesus dying on the sin um, for your sin when you know how terrible that feels like all yeah. the sin that you experienced maybe it wasn't even self-provoked it was just you were a victim of a circumstance or a situation that led you to behave a certain way your whole life that caused all these habitual patterns yeah. and just kept sinning, you know, yeah. and making a whole stream of It's just, um, you, you can't have one without the other. You can't. Yeah. Want to close it up? It's one o'clock. Yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> it's one o'clock. <laughs> All right. It's one o'clock. All right. Let's uh, close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, um, you've, you've given us so much. You gave us your, your life, Lord, through your Son on the cross so that we might be here today. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us as we go forward uh, in, our, in our effort to be truthful with, with our friends in our relationships, Lord. That you would help us to really understand what compassion and gratitude and humility and vulnerability what they all are and to be self-aware of these things Lord in our relationships um, so that we might ultimately lead others to you that's why we're here that's what this is all about 
is the relationships and how we can help each other. Um, thank you, Lord, for everybody here. Thank you, Lord, for all the sharing. Uh, I go pray that you would go before us this week and bring us back again. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.